When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and welcome to the show and go on SEN with myself, Rugby Tragic Jimmy Galvin. <laughs> and welcome back to Drew Mitchell to the show, mate. Good to see you again. Mate, it's good to be back. Yeah, you look well. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not running on a great deal of sleep. Last night I was down there for the Brumbies' epic win over the Hurricanes, which we'll delve into a little bit more later. But then uh, I just got straight in the car and drove back bit to of, Canberra last night. Bit of McDonald's this weekend, you were telling me. Yeah, look, I probably overindulged a little bit yesterday. I hit, hit McDonald's drive-thru twice yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's I got good. home by 3, 3 a.m., hit the pillow. And then woke up sprightly this morning because mm. we have a massive show today. We do. Some it's huge a guests. monster, monster. We've got Michael Checker joining the show. Former Wallabies coach and what else? What, what else is he Current Argentinian name? coach. Argentinian coach. Uh, Le- Lebanon Rugby League Lebanon coach. Rugby League. Uh, he's also the head of rugby up there in one of the Japanese clubs as well. We'll t- chat about that. He's an absolute beast. He's and all over the place. We've also got Nick White, the Brumbies and Wallabies halfback yep. on the show. There's plenty of rugby going on as well, Drew. It's super, super rugby finals at the moment. And the Wallaroos are playing the Black Ferns tomorrow night as well. But, I mean, in the meantime, Drew, you've been away from the show for two weeks. Mm. And there's been a bit going on. I think there's always a bit going on, Jims. <laughs> Jims, oh, I James. have to agree. Yeah, yeah, James, James. Yeah. Um, you've just started a new business on the wing, chicken wings. Chicken wings, yeah. Well, I spent all my career on the wing, so I thought I may as well stay on the wing in retirement, and I'm partial to um, fried food, <laughs> as, as we probably just alluded to in the, in, um, right off the top of the show. But, yeah, on the wing, it's going to be, yeah, we're, we're just opening up, uh, I don't know, about 10 to 12 New locations every week uh, up and down the east coast. So give us some name of, of the wings, the products. Oh, uh, look, it's all at? it's all features of a, of a good winger, right? A hot stepper, mm. which is the, the the hot the spicy kind of uh, um, variation. Oh, yes. We've got the uh, the game, uh, sorry, the match winner, which is the, of course it's the um, the buffalo wing. It's the, has to be. It's the go to. Look, there's there's plenty coast to coast, kick and chase. Oh, I like that. Yeah, there's, there's there's some nice options. Is there a show and go in there? There's, ah. <laughs> It's on, it's, it's on the, um, yeah. I think it might be on the shortlist for the next, you know, we've got to expand the menu at some point. Wouldn't be bad to get a shout out, Drew, may I just say. And uh, uh, a, uh, a fantastic week of, of super, super rugby. Let's uh, head into our tight five for this week, brought to you by Gut Performance. Uh, gut Performance health products that uh, might be able to help you a little bit at the moment, Drew, by the sounds <laughs> of it. Um, kicking off our tight five this week, our Aussie Sevens, our men's Aussie Sevens teams taking out the London title. A bit of a renewed, rejigged team in there. The likes of Ben Maher back in in the team from the Warringah Rats. So people feeding through that shoot shield system and, and making the Aussie Sevens team and they're taking out tournaments, Drew. Yeah, look, it's. I just think our Sevens program, both men and women are in a really healthy position at the moment and um, you know, I mean, the women's have, have been flying the flag for a while, but now it's the men's are really stepping up. And, you know, I think it was the first time they beat New Zealand in a final in 20-odd years, which yep. is just amazing. And to do it in London um, and just the way they did it as well, there's so many highlights coming out of that. And 
Um, you know, I think Henry Patterson, Patterson is, is just playing really well. It's just so many players that, are, you know, that are, are really making a name for themselves on the world stage. And, um, and you know, it's a time to do it. The Commonwealth Games and uh, World Cup this year as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. look, it's just, it, it's great to see. And we talk about pathways so often in, in this game. And, and, and some some players like to use sevens as a pathway. Others like to see it as a fully-fledged career because it, it certainly is. And, and in some ways, they're getting further and further apart in terms of... Um, 15s and 7s and, and the, the ability to play both. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's, it's great to, to, to see the success on a, on a, a global scale for the, for the Aussies. And there's a, couple, a bit of chat around a couple of the players, maybe Samu Karevi may be playing later mm. in the year. Yeah, okay. Um, a couple other names have been thrown around. But, I mean, look, obviously the guys that are in there at the moment are doing, doing, the, job. doing the job. Yeah. Doing the job. They looked pumped and excited yeah, congratulations as well. Congratulations to the win. boys. Good on them. Good on them. Next credit up, to the boys. Credit to the boys. Credit to the boys. And uh, next up, big news for the England Tour of Australia. Manu Tuolangi out of the Australian Tour. Routine procedure on his knee. How routine is that, Drew, uh, ahead of a Wallabies tour? Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know if any surgery is routine, right? Like, I don't know if you can just, like, just brush it off like it's, oh, it's just a bit of a routine surgery. Like, I mean, the guy's, unfortunately for him, because he's just got so much potential and, uh, you know, he's a great player, but he just seems to be always getting injured. Mm. Um, whether that's, a, that's a big miss for the English team coming out yeah. here. I mean, our, our centres are strong at the moment as well. Well, they are, but, I mean, to be to be fair, England have been doing a lot in recent years without him because he's been injured so much. So, like, whilst he's a big out, like, it doesn't really, I you know, don't think it will disrupt them too much. He'd be more just like a bonus if they got him because he's he's been out so much in the last couple of years. But um, I just I'm not too sure about the, the the terminology routine procedure on his knee. Like, yeah, yeah, just be straight. I up. mean, what is well, it? and I think as well, like if if surgery's got to a point where it's routine, then you know you're probably not in a great shape. <laughs> like not not you know in terms of like yeah, inj- yeah, yeah. injury proneness. I've got yeah. you. Robbie Deans came out during the week with some pretty, uh, you know, interesting comments as well after he took out the Japanese League One, saying that Eddie Jones really has a task ahead of him to beat this Wallabies team this year. Um, did you find that surprising from Robbie Deans? Yeah, uh, not really. I, I think, you know, Robbie sees um, a lot of the potential that a lot of us Wallaby fans see in our Wallaby side. Um, but I don't think Robbie, uh, I don't think Eddie Jones will be taking too much notice of those comments. Okay, all right, fair enough. I, I, I think he's just got the confidence in himself and his team and his squad and where they're going and the direction they're in. What do you think Eddie Jones would have said in your best Eddie Jones impression? Um, back to the news of Robbie Dean saying he's got a real task oh. in front of him. Uh, mate, what did he say? Mate, I don't listen to the <laughs> press, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you do that. Next up uh, is the Austin Gilgronies over oh, in the MLR. Cheats. Cheats. They won't look, I don't know the details of it yet. Yeah. No one's come out with the real, real details, but they have been disqualified from the finals of the MLR. Uh, well, they were docked 20 competition points, which puts them out of the uh, playoff race. Correct. Because now of you, salary cap breaches. You believe it's salary cap breaches? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm told from people clo- closer to the Close note. to the source? Yeah. Close, close to the Buffalo I mean, look, source. it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, uh, Sam Harris, Marky Gerard, they're, yeah. they're coaching up there. And I don't know if it's a, an admin thing or if it's a, I don't know, like whatever it might have been. But it's it's odd to see them, like, they played their last competition proper game yesterday. And they got told the day before, it was released the day before, that they're out of the finals. Yeah, how do you get up for that match? Well, yeah, you find a way. I know, you got to stick it to the man, right? <laughs> Indeed. But, it's yeah, Indeed. look, it's unfortunate. I don't know if you'd see that in any competition around the world, really, yeah. in any sport. But good on them. 
pulled the trigger. I'll tell you who, who, who did stick it to the man. Who's that? La Rochelle getting oh. the European Cup victory. The underdogs uh, getting up over uh, over Leinster. Over Leinster, yeah. Powerhouse. John, Johnny Sexton couldn't see the game through, which is unusual. Um, I, I know you, I know you're close with Johnny. I should uh, <laughs> I should not uh, mince my words too much there. But mate, a, a bit of a, a fairy tale story for Lara Shaw. Scenes in the streets of you know tens of thousands of people. And Drew, you've been there before. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Heineken Cup. It was called at, at that point uh, to to win the European Champions Trophy. And um, you know, hundred thousand people in the, the street in Toulon. The, the passion for rugby over in Europe for this particular tournament, can you give us a bit of an insight into what it's like and what it means for La Rochelle to win this match? Yeah, look, it, like it's it's huge. I mean, Ronan O'Gara, um, the former Irish 10, um, he's the coach there at La Rochelle and he's done a great um, job in terms of their program. It's, and he, he was always sort of, I mean, I saw some quotes after the, the performance saying we weren't just about putting a team together to come off with one-off performances that we could be proud of is about, you know, creating a culture that, that breeds that type of success. And, and, and not just that, in much the similar ways to Darren Coleman in terms of engagement and connecting to the, um, the community. I think that, you, you know, when, when you win something and you bring it home and there's hundreds of well, tens, maybe even a hundred thousand, that's where there was it when at Toulon, when we were there, came home to a port of 120,000 people waiting and cheering and, and just wanting to enjoy the moment with you, like it's, it's, it's honestly really incredible, and it's there's some of the memories that I'll I'll remember for a long, long time, probably even more so sometimes than than um, the moments on the field. It's it means a lot. It means a lot to them. Toulon, for example, La Rochelle is very much the same working class sort of city, not huge in terms of um, you know wealth and that type of thing. So the money that they spend on season tickets is because they're absolutely devoted. Mm-hmm. They love it. And so when they see their team go out there and put a performance they can be proud of, they really get behind it. Will Skelton, I'm told. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah. An absolute belter. 80, 80 minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, there's not – I saw some other quotes. just like some people think there's just no one that can rival Will Skelton out there. There's just not another player like him. Do we get him back for the England series? There's I mean, imagine him coming him. off the bench. At I'd least. love it. Well, I'm I, on on the show today with Michael Checker. I'll be grilling those sorts of questions. Let me tell you, I I think yeah. the, the 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 Mitchell Giddo law needs to have a good look at. It. And last <laughs> up on our gut performance type five, um, a little look into the two teams that uh, uh, in Super Rugby that we didn't really see progress through to the finals: the Force and the Rebels. Drew. Who was your top Force and Rebels players accordingly for the season, mate? Look, I, I think both of them would be disappointed in their seasons. The Force made the finals for their first time last year, didn't fail to do so this year in a eight-team fi- final series in a twelve-team comp. Um, Rebels again disappointing, but I would I'd say Brad Wilkin for me for the okay. Rebels. Yep, he'd yep. be the players' player. I think he was fantastic. Um, geez, put on the spot for the Western Force. I think a couple of their Force. Look, Fergus Lee Warren was pretty pretty strong. Yeah, for me, Tim Anstey really enjoyed yeah. his form over at the Western Force. He's just re-signed as well for uh, the next couple of years. Another product out of the Sevens program. And uh, down in Melbourne, Michael Wells, the captain this year, really led from the front. Consistent, hard man. I think he should be looking uh, you know, at least at a spot in that squad in the Wallabies. No. Oh, come on. I, I think maybe Australia, Ray. I don't, I don't think you'll get a He'd job. be a good addition to Australia yeah, Ray, in the yeah, Pacific yeah. Nations Cup. Potential yeah. captain uh, of that oh, one as mate, well. There geez. we go. You heard it here first. Are you his agent or something? <laughs> This is Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on the show and go on SEN. If you've got any questions, shoot us a text on through 0457 736 736. We'll be back with Michael Checker right after the break.
Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back to The Show and Go on SEN with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. Now, Drew, I said I wouldn't fanboy today, but I'm going to really struggle here. So do tell me if I start to... Maybe cut me off here sure. because we're currently joined by former Waratahs and former Wallabies coach, current Pumas coach from over in Argentina. Welcome to the show and go, Michael Checkup. Morning, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, looked like a pretty cold one down there in Canberra on uh, the stand broadcast, mate. What did you find of the game? No, I don't think it was cold. It was beautiful. <laughs> Drew may have complained a little bit because he was on the sideline, but in the warm box upstairs, it was fantastic. No, listen, I thought it was a good game. I thought it was finals, you know. And, and the player, the, the team's trying to actually out-tactic each other a little bit. Um, Hurricanes know that Brumbies are good starters and they really went for a sort of points-and-chase approach to the game, which they probably haven't done in the past. They took kicks for goal instead of kicks for touch and just trying to uh, edge away in front at the half, which they actually did. And then Brumbies retaliated really well with... Know, doubling down on their kick and chase and pressure game in the second half and in the end of time and, and uh, they got the win and I thought it was really well done to be honest. Now check you're a man who wears many hats but how, how have you enjoyed uh, the broadcasting side of things getting in front of the camera and, and giving your opinion through the broadcast? Mate, it's, yeah it's been like it's been pretty pretty good fun really I never imagined that I'd be the sort of type that would, would do it but uh, after the 19 World Cup, I wanted to put myself in some different situations, you know, different, you know, things that maybe I wasn't that comfortable with. Um, I don't know, just it broadened myself a little bit, you know, and, and it's given me a chance maybe to help people watching the game have a bit more of a coach's perspective, try not to have too many opinions, more just this is what could be happening here. Um, and so, you know, people can sit around and watch the game that night and talk about what, you know, what they think's happening or the next day and go over it over a cup of coffee in the morning, you know, and talk footy. So I've, I've enjoyed it, you know. I mean, it's a bit of a problem with some of the people you have to work with on those shows, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, it's pretty good. Well, I was actually going to ask, is it because you just really wanted to be my teammate as opposed to my superior? Well, you might be perceiving our relationship at work like that, Drew, but I certainly don't perceive it like that at all. I still see myself as your superior. It, it still feels that way, to be honest. Uh, Jim, Drew, Drew sometimes mentions uh, at uh, stories in the pub that uh, he, he still feels like you're the school principal, so that hasn't changed at all in many respects. But um, one thing he also does seem to complain a little bit about was 2015 World Cup. Um, a few changes were made to, to the... Uh, the roster to be able to allow players over the 60 cap mark to be able to play at the World Cup. I think it was affectionately uh, known as the Giddo Law moving forward. Now, mm-hmm. it turns out Drew was uh, around about the 60 cap mark there and, and Gitz had a few caps uh, above him in that respect. 90. Um, is, 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 was there any sort of is – is there a filthy feeling there from you, Drew, that it, it should be called the Mitchell Law instead? Well, check. Would you agree that if you wanted just to be Giddo Law, you would have made it 90, a 90 cap limit, right? The fact that it was 60 is because you wanted to squeeze me in there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as far as the branding of the rule is concerned, I actually think that could be a Drew Mitchell. He's been able to thrive off that story now since 2015. So I think he actually 
created that little story, so he gets the benefits further down the road. But <laughs> mate, we like to have the jokes, but you know, I know it was a long time ago. But the impact that those two fellas had coming back on the World Cup camp was immense, and um, you saw the way Drew ends up playing in the big games towards the back end. Yeah. But um, Australia could have the same type of impact coming up in the next World Cup because they will start using. They're, they're talking about different rules of players three coming back, five coming. Back. They're not really sure what they're going to do. But it'll be interesting to see how they approach overseas-based players coming into the next World Cup. Well, you you started that movement, check, and it, I know it's not your job anymore, but you are passionate about Australian rugby and New South Wales rugby from mm-hmm. uh, your, your pedigree with the sport here. Um, what would you, in an ideal world, want to see for the use of overseas players, um, you know, given that you, you did kick off that movement? How do you see that benefiting Australian rugby in, in how that rule will work? Yeah, look, I think that, you know, the, the idea that um, there's a certain amount of players, whatever it is, whether it's three or four or five, or who have given... Uh, I still think that that was set up so that we could have some of our better players who are tempted by the bigger money in Europe, and there is bigger money in Europe, We've got a, and Japan, we've got to understand that. So the players have given a certain amount of service to develop the game at home because the, the game at home, like, is so important to the success of the game as a whole, um, especially in the lead-up to the next World Cup. So I'm talking about game at home being club footy, junior footy, and the way that then t- t- dovetails into... Super rugby teams are then on to... Uh, and I, I think if you look at the Tars this year, they look like they've done a bit of that. If, if you're looking, you know, you see the, the, the Lockhart Oval, you know, yeah. really good crowds. They look like they've touched base again with, with that supporter base. I think that flows through. We've got to... I, I like to see the idea of the game being strong here. So I don't think open slathers the go. I think what they're, they're trying to do, they've got, they seem to have their head around it, a three or five, whatever the coach might need come that time, you can sort of fashion the rule around it, but not to open the door so that all players have the freedom to be able to go and take um, that. Because it is difficult. I'm dealing with it right now with the Pumas. You yeah. know, the, the, it's really difficult. Um, Northern Hemisphere Club Rugby, Southern Hemisphere International Rugby, it gives players no break whatsoever. So we have to do things very different over there over these next couple of years to try and get a peak performance out at World Cup time. Before we get to the, the, your role with the Pumas, uh, I want to just touch on another uh, head coaching role that you've got with the Lebanese rugby league team. I know you're a proud Lebanese man and you've also a really uh, big fan of rugby league. You're, you're keen on that as well. Um, talk to us about the, uh, you know, your, your role with the Lebanese boys and, and what you've got coming up with them. Yeah, mate, it's been, uh, it's been really fun and, and really interesting, obviously. It's, it's a passion thing for me. About I never thought I'd get a chance to do something for my, you know, the, the land of where my parents came from. Uh, in, in my area of expertise, I suppose, being footy. So the, the the chance to get involved here was what you couldn't say no to. And and now I've got good, really good coaching, you know, guys with me helping helping me out there. Matt King, uh, Jake Friend is giving us a hand in there in the coaching. Robbie Farrar doing the So, you know, really some of rugby league's high intellects and, and we've got some good players too, you know. So yeah. we, we've got a game coming up on the 22nd of June at Belmore um, just before the Argentinian test at 7.30. So it's against Malta and it'll be like a second tier test. And then we go, we'll come into camp on in September for the World Cup, which is in October. 
and uh, we'll play a couple of games. I think we'll play Italy and Australia and then Wales over there as a warm-up game. And then we play, we've got New Zealand, Jamaica and Ireland in our group. So, you know, obviously the goal is to try to get out of the group and maybe get a quarter-final um, tussle with Australia, I think, we line up with. So nice. we've just got to see how it plays out. But, mate, there's some good young kids coming through and, and I think that role-modelling some of that, the community both here and overseas, and there's, there's a lot of Lebanese in different countries. It's really important to see, see lead kids doing something powerful and, and different on the world stage. Absolutely. Well, and well done on uh, on that appointment there, Czech. The, the other thing I was was keen to ask you, in, in your time uh, in, in coaching as well as in playing um, over the years with, with Randwick, uh, leadership seems to be a, a key cornerstone of the Michael Checker mantra. Who are some of the best leaders that you've worked with, either in Australian rugby or abroad? Mate, there's a lot of... Uh, I think, you know, you see different leaders um, come in different formats. Whether you work with them or just have them experience. For me, it was always a lot of the players I worked with. I, I, I played with at Randwick back in those younger days. And they are all different types of characters. I think because I grew up playing rugby league, when I came over to Randwick, it, it formed me a lot. You know, guys... You may not, you may not be household names like uh, John Maxwell or, or more well-known you know, Simon Boydeman, uh, and and players who who had an influence on you around leadership in different ways. Even uh, like let's say a guy like David Campisi, who you know would, may not have been a captain or known, but he he showed me leadership about like when the game was on the line, I'll come and do something to help you, you know, to help the team win and do it by actions in that way. And so seeing very different shades of leadership from different players mainly that I've played with. And then I think that just sort of naturally led me into captaincy with the team. And then I don't know how I ended up coaching, but, you know, <laughs> with coaching, I think that's really important because you've got to get, you've got to align a lot of people um, in a very, very goal-orientated scenario week in, week out and try, try to keep everyone, you know, committed and, and aligned to play the same way to achieve the same goals. So I think it's really important about how you do that and then how you also let the um, leadership flow down through your people as well, through the people that, that are, are actually active and on the field playing. Oh, well, it's it's certainly shown over the years, Michael Checker, um, you know, those those goal-orientated strategies. You've ticked a, a lot of goals off along the way. And, uh, mate, we, we are certainly appreciative for you to join us on the show and go here this morning. I, I didn't hear the name Drew Mitchell thrown around in leadership <laughs> circles, but uh, I wasn't expecting to either, just quietly. Mate, check, check gave me a VC in a World Cup game against Uruguay. <laughs> he, he knows where there's a bit of leadership, don't you, Check? <laughs> Mate, look, look where you are now. Look where you are now. Where you are. <laughs> Michael Checker, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, boys. Appreciate Thanks, Check. That's Michael Checker, the former Wallabies and Waratahs coach, now uh, coaching the Argentinian Pumas and the Lebanese Rugby League team. This is the show and go on SEN. We'll be back right after the news. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Time now for the Super Rugby Wrap on The Show and Go. That's right, the Super Rugby Wrap time. It's quarterfinal time. Ooh, yeah, what yeah. was that? <laughs> I'm just getting excited for uh, Super Rugby Wrap, Drew. That's all. Um, it was a really interesting weekend, Drew. I enjoyed it. it. I, 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 um, 
Finals footy. Finals footy kicking off on Friday night with the Crusaders and the Reds. Mate, the pace of that game frightened me, right? I was sitting on my chair at the Stain on the big screen there down in Manly going, wow, gee, that's a, that's a quick game of footy. And that's, that's Crusaders rugby, unfortunately. But I thought the Reds really held them to it for a, a good portion of the game. I don't think the scoreline reflected what that game was. Yeah, the Reds Reds certainly had a crack, didn't they? Um, you know, there's a, a really strong performance in terms of, you know, really throwing everything at the Crusaders. I just think at, the, at by by the end, the, the sort of the class prevailed and and probably the depth of the squad as well. Um, I think sometimes a lot of these blowouts are probably more a reflection on the the depth of the squads and mm. you know when the when the, the reserves come on and and the ability to kind of maintain momentum when there's so many substitutions. I think is also a, a really key thing, component as well when. You know, there's players like George Bridge and Braden Enor who are regular starters for the Crusaders and who are coming off the bench. There's, there's real cohesion in those combinations. And so when they come on, they don't necessarily miss a step. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's like I said, there's some really strong performances from the Reds. It's, um, but, yeah, I just think the Crusaders, the, the class of them and, and, also not, and also the pedigree in those types of games as well. Um, you know, they've been there and done that for so many years yeah. cons- consistently. <clears throat> Um, the messaging coming from Scott Robinson would be what they need to hear in the right moments as well because they've been there and they've done that. Um, and with that comes a bit of a surety and some, some confidence that um, you know, you're know you on the right track. Anyone stand out from the Reds for you? I thought Vunavalu was it's the best game I've seen him probably play. He finished off a great try there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Mc, I, I, I think Sully's definitely getting better. I don't yeah. think he's in... Uh, best twenty three for a Wallaby jersey yet. I so I certainly didn't say that. Yeah, I, I I know, but I know a lot of people probably are, and yeah. I think at the moment he's probably getting picked on potential than performance. But I think his performances are certainly getting better, and he's he's going to be deserving of a Wallaby jersey in the future. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that only uh, like um, Hunter Paisami only got sort of fifteen twenty minutes. I thought we may have saw seen him come in a little yeah. bit earlier. That could have been because. They were, they were hesitant with um, you know him coming back injury. from injury. Yeah. Unfortunate to see Tate McDermott go off the way that he did. Um, but yeah, some strong performances there from the Reds and even like Fraser McRide. I think he's been really he's been fantastic all year. Yeah. And came off the bench and uh, you know probably didn't get as many minutes as I would have thought either. Be interesting to see where the Reds Red, Reds sit next year. Um, I'm in in a World Cup year and their, their depth will be tested again. I think. Brad Thorne, who has a work from, uh, I suppose he's got a real development model, developing players through their systems. Mm. Be interesting to see if they do sign on any players. I mean, year. yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to. You look at what happened when James O'Connor got injured; they're going to have to get another backup ten. Well, Lawson Crichton's done an admirable job, but he's not a, a backup ten. Um, and when James O'Connor and Tenny Tupo got injured, um, it was a real hit to the Reds' yeah. campaign. Now, a tough one in my household, Drew. Um, I had. Tacos and Tars day yesterday oh, yes. whilst watching the Chiefs versus the Waratahs. Um, we were outclassed. And tears. And tacos, Tars and tears. Yeah. That's all it was. It was all very salty. Um, mate, uh, the Waratahs just could not step up to the plate with the Chiefs, unfortunately, yesterday. Uh, I think it was, it was a bit of a mistake-riddled game. The execution was off for the Tars. Uh, needless to say, a admirable season from the Tars. Uh, they yeah. showed a lot of heart. And I think Michael Checker touched on it really well before. I think they won their home crowd back after yeah. not winning a game last year and, and, and got back to the grassroots. Look, it's been a huge effort for them to turn around after having not won a game last year. And then, you know, the, the way that they've gone about their work and the success that they've had throughout the year. That being said, there's going to be a bunch of Waratahs players and staff that aren't happy with the result um, yesterday. But And, and not, nor, nor should they be because they will... 
I would imagine they'd be wanting to strive to still be in it next week and beyond, right? So it's good that they're hurting because we want them to, you know, we want to see them, um, you know, go deeper into the competition. But mm. that being said, once, you know, the, the emotion sort of settles a little bit, they can be proud of themselves and their performances. I just think the, the contact zone really hurt them um, yesterday against the Chiefs. I just think they weren't winning the collisions, weren't able to get their shoulders through, get clean ball and quick ball to put the defensive line of the Chiefs under pressure. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell, I tell you what, that Chiefs team's a grubby team. Oh, in yeah. what way? Oh, I just didn't like the attitude. I didn't Mate, like the, you, no, the, head, the head pushing into the ground. Yeah, there's a little bit, penalties, little bit too so. much of that. I don't like that. No, um, I thought... I but thought you were also that. sending me some salty text messages about Nick Berry. I thought, you yeah. know, misguided. I thought you were just throwing your toys. Well, I was throwing my toys just slightly, and I am biased in some some respects, but there were also some, some va- valid points I had during those no, they text weren't. exchanges. they weren't. And then I went to airplane mode because I'd, I'd had enough. Yeah, because you don't like getting put in your place. No, because I'd, I'd had enough. <laughs> I wasn't getting back what I needed to, and I went airplane you mode. You just wanted me to on. validate your saltiness, and I was not prepared to do so. There were some valid points, but I'm not one to knock referees on air. I do that via <laughs> text messages in private text. Oh, you are weak. You're a coward. Yeah, yeah. Weak as water. Next up, Blues versus Highlanders. I've had enough of talking about the Tars, if you can't tell. <laughs> Blues versus Highlanders. Uh, Blues are looking good to, you know, take, take this forward in, into uh, into the form against the Brumbies, which will, they will have next week. They've been the form team all year. Um, solid game. Uh, really no, nothing nothing too new to, to see from the Blues. It's kind of what you'd expect from them. Yeah, but look, I, I thought the Highlanders did a good job in the first half, really, um, you know, really troubling them. But... I think at some point it had a bit of a feeling like we knew it at some point it was going to open up and that's sort of the class of the of the Blues and, you know, Bowden Barrett was fantastic. Uh, you know, when he's, he's just got so much firepower to play with, Bowden Barrett. Like, yeah. Two, yeah. There's just so many players um, that... Uh, You've got to think if the if the force were in there instead of the Highlanders, you know, what, what would have the result been there, you feel? Yeah, and then it was the Brumbies versus the Hurricanes. <laughs> 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 um, look, what a game last night. Fantastic. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a game of the round. I was on the sideline and it was so cold. Yeah? So cold. Were you able to keep your hands cold? Or? Well, look, I had some um, sort of, um, I don't know, woolen. Mittens? No, no, I woolen gloves initially. And James Slipper came off. He got substituted around the 55-minute mark. Mm. And my position on the sideline is quite close to the, the, the Brumbies bench. And he looked over at me and just laughed and shook his head. And in about 90 seconds later, he walked over with some proper ski mittens for me. He said, mate, put these on. You look so cold because it was raining. It was cold. Yeah. But let's get to the game. Nothing cold about that game. Yeah, it was cracker. Yeah. I mean, I just thought at the the first half, the Brumbies were just playing everything in field position. They they knew what was strong for them, which was set piece, get that driving more going. They were just trying to turn the Hurricanes around all half. Yeah. Whereas the Hurricanes were just trying to play everything with ball in hand when they got down to the Brumbies end. It worked for them. But then there was just a real shift in mentality at, at half time. With that red card, it seemed like yeah. the Brumbies just lifted to a yeah, new Lenny level. Yeah, Lenny Kitao's red card. And they just, it's just sometimes it's like batting down the hatches. It's a, you know, there's a bit of adversity against us. Yeah. And we've just got to, we've got to step up. And I just, one thing I thought for the Brumbies was they got huge impact off their bench. Lockie yeah. Lonigan, Ryan yeah. Lonigan, Nick Frost. Scott Seo, um, all these players that came off. Um, Jerome Brown was huge as well. So, that like they were getting genuine impact off the bench, and you know there was I think there was a lead up to maybe Tom Banks or Tom Wright's try on the right hand side for the Brumbies. Yeah, 
it was Frost made a break, and then it was Lonigan that went through. Like it was just, oh, it was you awesome. know, that's kind of what you need from you know when you when they, they've kind of been coined finishers. Yeah. That's what you need from those players. They looked like they were playing for each other. Another player who stood out for me was Tom Hooper, mm-hmm. uh, who, who uh, went from the back row into the second row to fill injuring injuries there as well. I thought he, he's a he's a really strong prospect coming through that yeah. we should keep our eyes on. But um, the Brumbies banded together. They're sending off uh, their head coach, three other key players from, from the team, including Scott Seo, who's got 142 games for the club. It showed. It showed they were playing for each other out there last night. Now, you, you said that so, sometimes... The emotion of those sort of send-offs, you know, for, for players that are leaving the club, it, it doesn't come into the gameplay. But last night it felt like that. Look, it, it probably felt like that because of the crowd as well. I think the crowd really got behind them. I, I spoke, I did a couple of interviews after the game, Tom Wright being one of them, and he was almost reluctant to even acknowledge that they were sending them off. Yeah. I mean, I know it was their last home game, and that was sort of the, the I guess, the idea around the send-off. And he's got two more thing. games to go. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah he's got two more games. And I, I just thought, when I was sitting there with the microphone and, and holding it up to Tom Wright's mouth, I was just like, that's, you know, that's exactly what you want to hear, right? Like, yeah. not, oh, we've, we'll just see what happens next week, or we're going into next week and, you know, go on from there or whatever. Like, But just, just to say, have the mentality, we've got two more games to go with these guys. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, he, that's kind of mindset you need. It's 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 an exciting matchup next week against the Blues and Tom Wright's in some form. Tasty. Th- thinking of that. Ooh, <laughs> I believe that's how we introduced the Super Rugby. That's how you did. <laughs> we'll be back right after the break with none other than Wallabies and Brumbies halfback Nick White. We'll see you then. Join the conversation. Call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're listening to the Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back to the Show and Go on SEN with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. We are now joined by the one and only Brumbies and Wallabies halfback Nick White. Welcome to the Show and Go. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the win last night, mate. You've booked yourself a ticket over to Auckland to face the Blues next week. How's the feeling in camp this morning? A few sore bodies or everyone's feeling pretty good? Uh, look, oh, the sun always shines a little bit brighter after a win like that. So there's <laughs> does, does, it, bodies, does it shine but... in Canberra? It was so <laughs> nah, cold, mate, man. Believe it or not, after last night, the sun is shining through. <laughs> it's still cold. But uh, look, yeah, when you... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It actually is pretty... Pretty grim outside now that I actually do look out there. <laughs> but uh, no, look, you're always in an upbeat mood after a win like that. But um, yeah, look, we had to. There'd be some sore bodies because gee whiz, it was physical last night. Yeah, it really looked that way, mate. In the in the first half, in particular, and um, what just talk us through sort of what was said at half time because we we just mentioned earlier in the show that red card to Lenicky Tower. It almost like it lit something in you guys, and and especially coming out in the second half, it just seemed like. There was a different mindset. What was said at halftime? Uh, we kind of went in at halftime pretty positive. Um, you know, we would have loved to have not given in that kind of uh, coach killer try right on halftime. Mm. But it felt positive. Uh, there was a little bit of a breeze that we were running into. You know, we had that red, red card to, to deal with. And we felt like, look, seven points down with everything against us that we felt like if we just got some possession and got down in the right areas, that we'd be able to fire some shots because we felt like we hadn't really fired many shots in that first half. We had a couple and, and got a couple of tries, but like it was all them. Like, we just felt like we were defending that whole first mm, half. Yeah. So it was like, well, look, lads, let's just get our hands on the ball. You know, let, let's see what we can do. So I, I think the, the the biggest positive after half time was like good energy, but we didn't we didn't just go out there and chase the game, even though the, there was a bit of scoreboard pressure against us. We just said, look, let's just keep continuing to get down there, whether it's through our you know, kicking game. I think discipline has a huge part to play in that territory game. 
you know, when you're giving away penalties, they just walk up your half. We we fixed that a little bit, and then you know we actually got a chance to to play down there, and then eventually we come away with points. So it was actually like really positive at half time in terms of like, look lads, everything went against us, and we're still in this. So how good? And we kind of felt like they were going out after half time thinking, gee, we just this 40 minutes and just go by, and we were like, let's let's climb in. So Whitey, just on on yourself personally. Coming back from a stint playing over in France, um, you, you, you feel like, and it looks like you've you've really matured and grown as a player. Um, and did you did that have an impact on your game style at all, or your maturity as a player? Do you feel since coming back into this Brumbies lineup and and going into a Wallabies Test series? Yeah, I think it did. I think <laughs> I think I still got a long way to go in that maturing part. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Tell me> all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, look, it, it did. It, it showed me like a different, um, certainly a different way of playing footy, a, a different approach to prep and things like that. Like, um, you know, like a guy like Drew, like in 2015, um, Drew, I remember, it would just be a throwaway comment to you, but just something like, you know, 80 minutes is a long time to be mentally on. Like, you've got to be able to, to, to break in and out of games and I felt like I was probably before I went to France very probably too wound up too tight um, throughout the whole week and then going to games and almost being mentally fatigued and you know like you'll, you'll see me I'm a pretty emotional guy on the field but I do break in and out of kind of joking with the guys on the field throughout the week um, try to try to lighten things up because you know if you if you try to be 100% on mentally um, for, for your whole life you, you'll just burn out mate Um yeah. So that's something I learned from Drew. Something when I went over to France, that certainly the French guys, uh, you know, they said to me pretty early on, mate, you just you live to work over here. We work to live. Yeah. And I was like, well, geez, okay, let's flip that mindset. And and I think it really helped me find my balance um, in life. And and when you get that balance in life, mate, it, it, the, the footy stuff is just kind of a bit of a reflection of what's going on off off field. So you know, I had that chat with Drew last night, and um, yeah, like it's everything's going really well for me. At home, I've got a lovely wife, three kids, and, and really enjoy my off-field stuff, and I feel like it's, it's helped my balance on field. Mate, what about, uh, do you have to pick up the tools on, uh, on on a Sunday morning after a game, daddy daycare with the, with the three kids, or <laughs> do you get a bit of a morning off? Mate, I wish. I, I, <laughs> I love away games, though. <laughs> yeah, I love them. <laughs> Boys, let's, let's make sure we make that semi-final so we can go to Auckland, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, 5.30 wake-ups and straight into nappy changes, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Oh, good on you, Whitey. Well, mate, congratulations on the win last night. Thank you for joining us on the show. Well, just just quickly, Whitey, are we going to see Bobby Valentini play uh, next week? Mate, yeah. Like, he, uh, he was phenomenal at training. He, pre- he prepared us so well. Bloody Thursday, he was running through us like an absolute <laughs> machine. I was like, gee whiz, if we, if we can stop Bobby at training... Uh, full contact, you know, that's a good setup for for trying to stop Artie. So, yeah. mate, he's he's fit and raring to go. Good well, stuff. Hopefully, hopefully you're uh, over there for another week longer, mate. And uh, after you face the Blues next week, thanks again for joining us on the show and go this morning, Nick White. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Drew. Cheers, mate. We'll be back right after the break uh, to have a look at the semi-finals ahead. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back, welcome back. And before we get into a little look into the semifinals next week, Drew. Drew We've had a text. We've got a text, Drew. Yeah, I've got a text from Negative Nelly from Dural. Just when you think Australian rugby is narrowing the gap, if not for a great Brumbies comeback, it would have been all New Zealand semi-finalists. Also, it was eight 
from 12 teams that contested the finals. Talk about lowering the bar. That is rewarding mediocrity. Look, I agree with the eight out of 12. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be eight. It should at least be six uh, in terms of a final series. But it's hard not to argue that the, the Australian teams have definitely narrowed the gap from where we were last year. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, I, and I can also confirm that uh, it's actually Adrian from Dural, not neg- negative Nancy. Well, I want to turn negative Nancy from Dural into positive Paul next week. Like, <laughs> come on, mate. Get around the boys. Get on the Brumbies. It wasn't just about the comeback. It was an 80-minute performance. Sometimes, you, you know, you come from behind and win. So, anyway, yeah. thanks for your text. Thanks But for let's text. get positive. Thank you, Adrian. Well, if we have a look at the uh, semifinals preview for next week, Friday night, Crusaders Chiefs. Who have you got there, Drew? 5.05 p.m. Crusaders. That's a, that's a nice time when you knock off work, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> yeah, you knock don't off Friday <laughs> or knock off. Um, Saturday, Blues versus Brumbies. Yeah, this is a good game. This is a big one. Yeah. I spoke to Dan McKellar briefly after last night's game, and he just, you know, you just got to try and make the, the Blues do what they don't want to do in terms of being making them uncomfortable. The, the Brumbies just need to play territory game, get them down, ball them to make them want to play, overplay their hand. There's got so much... X factor in their team, and they might have the tendency if they feel like they're not getting the opportunity to play to overplay their hands. Yeah. So just Brumbies, just do what they do well, put it in the right areas, go to their set piece, yeah. attack when the opportunities are there, but just almost bore the Blues into over, overplaying their hand. And then we've got tomorrow at 12.45 p.m., the Wallaroos versus the Black Ferns. Huge. Australia versus New Zealand in the women's 15s. That will be a cracker as well. Well, I tell you what, Drew, it's been a cracker of a show today. Michael Checker, Nick White... Now yourself as well. We're, we're off to yours to have some, some burgers and watch the boxing. Bur- burgers, beers and boxing. That's what we've got. It's not a bad afternoon, is it? Oh, it's all right. Wish there was some rugby. We'll find some. We'll find some. Watch some old highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show and go and make sure that uh, as, you're, as you're watching your rugby, you know, take note. Get in touch with us. And if you see something yeah. stand out throughout the week next week, give or if you want to give Drew a little bit of a uh, a, a little bit of hell on the on the show as well, give, give us <laughs> yeah. a text. Yeah, give us a text or, or slide into our DMs and just give us a yeah, your your opinion, but not like negative Nelly. How are your DMs going? Quiet. <laughs> Is that right? I know. I, I know. Fletch and the boys during the week have been trying to play. Yeah, they've been trying to love. fire me up a little bit, but yeah, Cupid. Yeah, they've been trying to be Cupid. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm not ready. (laughs) Let's see if next week changes. Thanks for joining us on the show. We go on SEN. We'll see you next week.